Tales of Panam Hunger Games podcast. My name is Claire, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm glad to have you all joining me this week. Make sure to check out my social media, which is at Tales of Panam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok for updates, episode information, and more. I received a listener question a while back asking me for my favorite scenes from each book, and I decided to turn that idea into an episode. So this week, I am going to be sharing some of my favorite scenes from the books and my more in-depth thoughts on them. Um, Before I get started, I just wanted to kind of reiterate my support for the SAG-AFTRA and WGA strike that is still ongoing. As I mentioned towards the start of the strike, I am going to not be doing any direct promotion of the Ballad of Songbirds the Snakes movie until after the strike. So if you're wondering why I haven't been covering any of the new stuff that's been coming out, that is why. Um, And I will continue to not cover those things until the strike is resolved. And so once again, this episode will focus exclusively on the books, which is why I'm going to go through them novel by novel and do my favorite scenes. So the way this is going to work, I'm going to start with The Hunger Games, obviously. I'm going to give a couple honorable mentions of scenes that I love, and then I'm going to give a top three. As you can imagine, it was quite difficult for me to narrow it down, especially to do a top three. Many, many good options in every single book. Um, Particularly, and we'll get there, but Mockingjay, I struggled. (laughs) Because I have a lot of scenes that I love in that book. And it's a long book. It's not necessarily longer, but like it's definitely more like densely packed. Like there's a lot of stuff in there. Um, But nevertheless, I did manage to make some lists. These are non-binding. I might have missed some scenes. Don't hold me accountable. Well, do hold me accountable, but don't hold me to my rankings, I guess. Because I might have forgot something that I love. Um, But... Let's just jump right into it. So the first book, many good contenders. Um, so let's start with a couple of honorable mentions. The first one being an iconic, life-changing, timeless, I would say, Katniss Everdeen scene. And this, of course, is the scene in which Katniss goes to her private training session with the peacekeeper peacekeepers hello game makers excuse me um where she gets to demonstrate her skills so just in case you aren't aware of what scene it is I'm gonna narrate it to you so she every tribute has these private training sessions with the game makers and Katniss goes to hers and she's like okay I'm gonna show them that I can shoot a bow and arrow which she hasn't been doing in training because Hamish told her not to and we always do what Hamish says because he's the best. Anyway, sorry, I need to be an impartial narrator. Um, anyway, so she goes in. She starts shooting. She doesn't do so great on the first shot. It's okay, we all make mistakes. And all the game makers, by this point, they have watched 23 other tributes. She's the very last to go. And they're kind of over it. Very rude of them. Like, if Katniss Everdeen was standing in front of me, I would pay attention. Um... And then she starts shooting better, whatever, but no one's paying attention to her, which pisses her off, as it should. It would piss me off, too, if I were her. So she takes her bow and arrow, and she shoots an arrow at the game makers. Not actually at them, though. She shoots at a pig, like a full pig that they are going to eat. 
and she hits an apple out of its mouth and that gets everyone's attention obviously um and later on she receives a score of 11 despite people by people i mean effie trinket being pissed off at her being like why would you do that um but she still got an 11 anyway oh my god i forgot the most important part of the scene why it's the best scene i got too hung up on her score wow i'm so terrible at this this is why i don't write the hunger games novels clearly um before she leaves after she shoots the apple she bows or like curtsies really and she says thank you for your consideration and then she walks out love this scene because like that is Katniss Everdeen truly she is putting trying so hard to put on this like act that everyone wants her to put on for the games but in this moment she's like you know what I can't do this anymore because I'm so mad and I'm being so ignored and I just like cannot deal with that anymore. And so she kind of like lashes out and she has like regrets it because she's like, what if this has repercussions on people who are not me? That's not my intention. Um, but as we know, she is a very angry character a lot. Like that is just one of her personality traits that is more prominent, um, which I love. I love when a female character gets to be angry, especially rightfully so. Like she has every reason to be mad the entire series because her life is never going the way she wants it to. But at this moment, she like lashes out directly against people who like literally hold her life in their hands. And, but she doesn't think about, she doesn't process the potential consequences of it until after she's done it. But it is iconic. Um, and like no one else would do that, you know? Like that is what is admirable about her is her ability to like stand up to people who nobody else would stand up to. And like, maybe she's a little crazy for standing up to them because you know, it, it could have ended very badly, but that's what makes her Katniss Everdeen. So really defining character moment, love it so much. Next honorable mention, The Reaping. Simple, classic. Um, specifically though, there's a specific moment, which is the reason why this is one of my favorite scenes. I wanna call attention to it. And it is the moment where Katniss volunteers for Prim. You know, she goes up on stage. The whole That whole moment is also very important. But she goes up on stage and she's like, I cannot cry. Like, I can't. Um, and they're all like, oh, this is like our female tribute from District 12. Yay. And by them, I mean Effie, obviously. Um, and then there's this line that I think about all the time. And it just says, to the everlasting credit of the people of District 12, not one person claps. And this is when they do the three finger salute. And when we learn what it means, which is basically like, it means goodbye to someone you cherish and like a thanks for your sacrifice basically, um, which is obviously very important because it's a symbol that becomes like synonymous with rebellion, which it is rebellious even at this point, um, even without all the weight of like everything Katniss will go on to do. But it is a moment where she real and I also like I love how she kind of realizes that like this community does care about her and like she has had a significant impact on a lot of people's lives like there are people who would not be alive or not for her there are people who she interacts with every single day like and there are a lot of people who love Prim as well and are grateful for her like literally basically sacrificing herself to protect Prim um 
so it's it's just like a big moment for her and for the district and it establishes a sense of community within people from the same district that is like a crucial element going forward in the series my third and final honorable mention and the honorable mentions are in no particular order because i can i can only rank so many guys i can't do it um but the last one Peter malark's interview um this scene literally changed my life literally was life-changing the first time i got to the scene i was hooked i was in it um to recap for those who don't remember how could you not but just in case (laughs) he has his interview with caesar and he's very charming you know like it's going very well um and then caesar's like is there like is there a girl back home do you have like a sweetheart back home and he's like no no like none of that and Caesar's like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Like, look at you. You are so charming. You're so handsome. So true. Um, there must be someone. And then he's like, well, actually, like, I, I've liked this girl, like, basically my whole life. But, you know, she didn't really, like, pay attention to me until the reaping or even really, like, know who I was. And Caesar's like, okay, well, go out there, win the Hunger Games. She literally can't say no to you after that. And he says, winning won't help in my case. And Caesar is like, what are you talking about? And he says, because she came here with me. And it's right at the end of a chapter, which huge way to end a chapter. Incredible. Um, and then there's all of, like Candace's reaction to that and stuff. But just that moment, that changed lives. Me, I'm the life in question, especially as like what I was like nine eight perhaps when I was first getting into the series like and even now I'm a sucker for a good romance you know but like your little like eight-year-old me Peter Millar is this charming handsome guy who at the time was much older than me and now is younger than me which is crazy to think about um and he's confessing his feelings for this girl on literally live television in front of the entire country to me that is romance still is he set the bar way too high for all of us i think like i don't think i'm alone in that um but this is just such a good like yeah a great way to end a chapter and sets into motion their whole because there was no like the romantic aspect of their relationship did not appear until this moment It, it was just like they weren't even friends they were like people who might have to kill each other um, and then all of a sudden he's telling literally the entire country that he's feelings for her. Um, and it ends up being, it saves their lives seriously. Cause like a lot of what happens in the games and a lot of the reason they survive is because of this romance act and him and Hamish, who's, was obviously a part of strategizing for this because there's also honorable, honorable mention, cause it didn't quite make my honorable mentions, but it's also very important is the scene where Hamish is like prepping Katniss for her interview. But he also had the same scene with Peta. We don't see it because first person POV, Um, but it did happen. And presumably this was their strategy. So unbeknownst to Katniss, she doesn't know any of this until this happens. Um, So, you know, I would also probably be a little mad, but also I would be like, I I would have folded immediately. The series would have been a lot shorter if I were involved because I would not have been able to say no to Peter Malark. Anyway, um, now we're into my top three. 
Scene number three is kind of multiple scenes. I'm a little bit cheating here, but it's, it is, in a way, it is all, it is all part of the same moment. Um, this is, of course, the cave scenes, TM, the famous, we all know them. Um, I definitely talked at length about these because I remember that my episode on this section of the book was called The Famous Cave Scenes. So check that out if you haven't already, if you want all the all the details. Um, I kind of just grouped them into one though. There's so many individual moments within them that I could have picked out, but I wanted them all. So I, I grouped them together. So good. So life altering. I'm going to say that about every one of these scenes and I'm not being dramatic. Like this series very much did change my life. Not to get a little, little sappy, a little emotional, but it did. Um, and once again, I'm sure I'm not alone in that, especially if you've been listening along to this podcast this whole time. Like, I hope that you enjoy this series a lot and you don't just like listening to me talk that much because I don't know, but <laughs> whatever. Point is, these scenes are incredible. They, they are like, like, you know, you have like at the inter- moment I just talked about with the interview, like this little, the like spark of their romance. But this for me is when I was like, oh, I need them to end up together. Like, I would do anything for them. Because, like, even though it is largely an act, there is real chemistry and real connection there and real, like, bonds being formed. Um, and also, like, yes, I am a sucker for, like, childhood best friends to lovers. Um, but also the whole, like, I, like noticed you across the schoolyard and never stopped noticing you and the like recipient of that being Katniss realizing that she noticed him too but like didn't put it together until literally now I love that moving along number two is and I know you are probably thinking the cave scenes are only number three trust me when we get to number number one you'll you'll understand also, I didn't do my narrative recap of the cave scenes, but I think we all know them. It's when Peta's like on the verge of death because of his leg injury, and Katniss is like literally nursing him back to health, and they're hiding in this cave, and they're having all these moments where they talk about their feelings, and they're like kissing on the mouth for the cameras mostly, but like still. There's also, oh my god, if I had to pick a more specific scene within this, it's when they kiss, one of the times they kiss, and Katniss is like, oh, I feel something. And there's this line that's like, this is the first kiss that makes me want another. Wow. (laughs) Suzanne, you understand what the people want so, so deeply. Um, Now on to my number two. Also one of the most iconic scenes in the franchise is at the end of the games, Katniss and Peeta are the last two left. Kato's just died. They have presumably won. Everything's great. And then Claudius Temple Smith, my enemy, comes across the, like, is it called an intercom in this context? I don't think so. Whatever that thing's called. He comes on the speaker and is like, um, there's actually been another rule change. There can only be one victor. Good luck. Um, And then she pulls out the nightlock, the poison berries, and is like, pours some into his hand. And the idea is basically that they're going to eat it at the same time. Um, And there's also this kind of like unspoken moment where they're like, do you really think this will work? 
who's to say they won't just let us both die? It's a big risk. Um, but the part that I love about this scene, specifically in the book, is that they, when they're going to eat the berries, like they're counting down, they're standing back to back, which seems like such a small thing. But when you think about it, what I just said about trust, like a moment ago, she was like ready to defend herself against him trying to kill her. And now she's in a back to back with him, trusting that he is going to eat the berries. Because either one of them could easily be like three, two, one, and then not put it in their mouth, you know? But both are trusting the other to do so without even having to look at them, without being able to like see for themselves that they're actually going to go through with it. Um, so it is like truly an act of like deep trust, literally life or death trust, because if one of them takes the berries and the other doesn't, they die and that's that. And the other one wins, but they both obviously do it, um, which is like just proves that their trust in each other isn't misplaced at this point. And then moving on to my favorite scene in this book, the rooftop scene. A This one, yes, it is a good, like, Kenneth and Peta scene, but truly this is the Peta Malark scene, like, possibly ever. Um, basically, this is the scene where it's the night before the games. They both can't sleep that night, obviously. Who would be able to in this circumstance? Um... And so Katniss can't sleep, so she decides to go up to the roof where they, like, been to earlier because it's, like, windy up there. So it's a good place to talk without being overheard, which is also very important. And something that, like, Haymitch always, like, knows places that, like, you can talk without being heard. And then they sort of, like, pick up that habit of looking for those places, which I love. Um, because you're always, literally always being watched by the Capitol. Um... But they're up on the, she goes up to the roof and Peter also can't sleep. He's also up there and they just kind of start talking about like the games and everything. Um, and Peter's basically like, I'm not going to kill anyone. And he's like, I'm sure that I would if like it was like life or death, like I would defend myself. But I don't want the games to turn me into a kind of person that I am not. Like I, he says, like, I don't want to be another piece in the Capitals game. And Katniss is like, we all are pieces in their game. Like, that's just how it is. And he's like, maybe, but like, I don't want to be changed in there. And I love the scene one because it like is a huge establishing moment for Peter's character. Because up to this point, Katniss like doesn't trust anything that he says. But in this moment, she like really sees something genuine in him. And like we as readers looking back know that he was being pretty genuine the entire time, just because like that's who he is, but she doesn't really know that at this point but this is one of their most first like open and truly vulnerable moments but uh, it's also sets up like the tragedy of Peter's arc being that like this was his fear like here's the thing Candace doesn't really understand the sentiment at this time she'll grow to understand it later as things progress but like she doesn't really get it she's like we, you might literally die tomorrow and you're concerned about like your like moral integrity or whatever. She doesn't get it. But to PETA, that is the most important thing because that's who he is. And that is the one thing that the Capitol can't take away from him. Except then they literally do. That is, li he literally is forcibly brainwashed into becoming the exact kind of person he never wanted to be, which is like the true tragedy of it because we have a lot of characters in, various pieces of fiction that are like 
I don't want to be a bad person. I don't want to be violent. I don't want to be a killer. They end up sort of becoming that just through like nature of their circumstances and like etc. But he like literally does not have a choice. Like it is forced into his brain. Um, but yeah, this is the scene that kind of sets his entire arc in motion. And like coming back to the scene after you know what happened is like a punch to the gut. Like it hurts so bad. Um, but it is an incredibly well-written scene. So on to Catching Fire. Honorable mentions. <laughs> My first honorable mention is at the end of the book when they just pulled Katniss out of the arena and she wakes up on this hovercraft and she's like, what's going on? The first thing she does is think, oh, the capital like captured us, right? And then the second thing she thinks is, I need to kill PETA. Not in like a screw PETA, I'm gonna kill him way, but in a, um, if the capital really has us, they're going to torture us and I can't let that happen to him. So she starts looking for him to literally kill him. It's very dark. This is a very dark scene. Um, sorry for picking it. It's, a very, it's kind of two scenes combined you. But anyway, then that's when she like finds Hamish, whatever, and, and he's with Finnick and Plutarch and Beatty and, or like Finnick and Beatty are also there, but then they're like, oh, this is the rebellion. Surprise, it's all been about you. Um, oh, and also Peta's been captured by the Capitol. Um, and Katniss gets very angry, once again, understandably. Um, but then she finds Finnick and Finnick basically, and Finnick tells her that the Capitol also has Annie, who is his, as we all know, his love interest, his girlfriend back from District 4, who was also a victor. Um, he was her mentor, actually. And he says this line, you know, hang on, pulling out the book because we need a direct quote. I know what the line is in the movie, but I want to make sure it's the same because this actually, this scene got moved to Mockingjay for the movie. Oh, it is the same line. Okay, well, worth a check. Um, Finnick says, I wish she was dead. I wish they were all dead and we were too. It would be best. And then Katniss is like, I want to disagree with this, but I was literally just wandering around trying to stab Peter with a syringe like to kill him. And then there's like a whole thing about uh, Peta. And then there's his line. <laughs> this was sick and twisted. Um, will Peta know that or will he keep fighting? He's so strong and such a good liar, blah, blah. Maybe if he knows I was rescued, he's even happy. He feels he fulfilled his mission. Um, and then she says, I think I hate him even more than I do hate Mitch. Because he's willing to die and suffer for her. And she hates him for that because like, she doesn't think he should anyway. That's really sad. It's a very dark scene. I'm sorry for starting this off on that note. I'm going to switch the order of my next two scenes because one of them is also incredibly dark and the other one is like mildly less so. Um, so my second honorable mention is immediately after the tribute interviews for the quarter quell. Um, also like sub category of this scene is Peter Malark's interview again because this is the if it weren't for the baby which also literally life he always changes lives um but that kind of gets included with this scene because they happen like right one after the other basically um but then after all the interviews um everyone's upset because they think Katniss is pregnant 
which is a whole another conversation that I maybe had at the time. I don't remember, but we don't have time for it now. So, um, and then all the victors are like standing up on the stage and they all hold hands. And there's this line, something like this might be the first time in 75 years that all that people from every single district stood like stood united together um which is huge and it's like such a huge step for the rebellion and like a big moment for literally every single victor there to be holding hands in solidarity and then my third honorable mention is in a certain way the entire victory tour but that's like a big chunk of the book so I had to pick a more specific scene so the one I picked is the first stop on the tour which is district 11 which is obviously Rue's district and so Katniss gives this speech or she gives this like unwritten speech like she goes off script basically about Rue um and Rue's family is also there because the trip like the families the dead tributes are always at the victory tour um but basically after this there's this old man who like does the sort of mockingjay whistle and the three finger salute and then the peacekeepers like pull him up on stage uh, and like onto the platform and execute him and it's like a really like jolting moment um where i like really had to like sit down for a second you know like it was it was a lot um so yeah it's also a very dark moment and then there's also two more gunshots afterwards which like they don't really know who it was but Katniss is like I seriously hope that wasn't anyone in Rue or Thresh's family or like Thresh's like grandmother I think is there and then like Rue's family is there and she's like I she feels so guilty already and like imagines if some like someone in Rue's family had been killed because of her quote unquote it's not really because of her but like she thinks it is you know as we've been through that a million times um but yeah it's very it's a very interesting scene top three number three the beach scene duh and I, once again I know you're all thinking why is this like only number three like what's above this we'll get there um so this is obviously the scene. I'm sure we all know this one without me having to explain it, but I'm going to anyway. Where Katniss and Peter are sitting on the beach together in the arena and he pulls out this locket that has like pictures of her family in it. And he's like, I know that you probably made some like deals with Hamish to try to save me, but he also promised me that we would save you. Um, and I need to say that like, there are people back home who need you. And Katniss is like, well, like, what about you? Where does that leave you? And he's basically like, nobody needs me. And it's very sad because she's kind of like, he's right. Like, there are people who care about PETA, you know? Like, she obviously cares a lot about him. Hamish cares a lot about him. But, like, there is not, like, Katniss's family depends on her for their survival, the same cannot be said about Peta's family. And we know there is like complicated relationships between him and like members of his family, especially his mother. Like we know all of that. Um, and there's this line that's like, I realize that only one person will be damaged. Oh no, okay, first, resident Hamish enthusiasts have to bring it up. She says that like, 
even Hamish will like get on with enough like alcohol, whatever, um, which is really upsetting to me um, because Hamish also like loves Peta a lot, obviously. Um, but the line basically says, the only person who will be damaged beyond repair if Peta dies is me. And so then she says, I need you. And then they kiss. Um, oh my God. Okay, well, they have <laughs> like, I'm being such a fangirl right now. Aren't I always though? Um, and then she calls back to in the cave when she was like, there was one kiss that made me want more. And then there's this line that says, I thought I was something of an expert on hunger, but this is an entirely new kind. That is crazy. Why would you write that, Suzanne? What what possessed your mind when you wrote that line because it's crazy oh my gosh yeah that scene is just like it's a really good scene in terms of like, what happened but just like it is so beautifully written and, and wow um anyway number two is the scene that I go crazy about um I did go crazy about it on this podcast many months ago when we were doing this part of the book um the episode title was hang on I'm trying to find it because I I went into like heavy detail about this the episode title was day three hour 24 um so (laughs) give that a listen I also think I made a TikTok breaking down this scene but the scene in question is the entirety of the events the events surrounding the lightning tree at the end of the games um, which is obviously, I will not give all the details because this is the most convoluted scene in the history of literature. I'm being dramatic, obviously, but it's like, there's so much going on. And I did a breakdown of like, what is happening at every second, literally. Um, I did, oh my God, I did make a TikTok about this because someone commented on it and was like, I really don't think it's that serious. And I was like, <laughs> I know let me have like don't call don't call me out for being insane um because I know but anyway it's the whole scene where like they have their plan to like use the lightning tree to like electrocute the sand when the peacekeepers or what the peacekeepers what am I talking about the careers Uh, why do I keep calling everyone peacekeepers um the careers are on the beach and and then like Katniss and Joanna are supposed to take the wire down, but then the wire gets cut and then Joanna hits Katniss and then cuts her tracker out and then Katniss goes back to the tree and Peta's gone and Finnick's gone and Beatty's on the ground and then she wraps the wire around um, her arrow and shoots it at the forest field and the whole arena collapses. That is an extremely summarized version of the events. There's also the moment where Finnick comes back to the tree and she like points her arrow at him and then she's like, remembers Hamish being like, remember who the enemy is great scene really good writing I say that about like every scene but this one is just like like really skilled writing for the like unreliable narrator I guess because she's just been like literally hit over the head with a giant metal coil and like definitely concussed um and also everything's going crazy so it's really good um and now my number one this is my favorite scene in the whole series so um and this is the scene where Kat, uh, the quarter call has just been announced Katniss goes to visit Hamage um and basically he is like or she's like we have to agree to save PETA um 
this is the ultimate Hamish and Katniss scene. It's very sad. It's very, very sad. It makes me sob. Um, and once again, it is literally just them sitting in a room together having a conversation. And I'm like, wow, to me, that is the best scene ever. <laughs> um, but it's really good. I, again, I've talked at length about this, so I won't get into all the details, but it is like they're such a, a turning point in their relationship and like really demonstrates to us how much Hamish cares about both Katniss and Peeta. Moving on to Mockingjay. I have four honorable mentions from this one because I had to. The first one is just the very end, right before the epilogue, when that whole page, I'm not gonna, I think I literally did read the entire thing on here once. I'm not gonna do it again about how like, Peter's the dandelion in the spring, blah, 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 blah. We all know it. But then at the end, when he's like, you love me real or not real? And she says real. Just like that has to be one of the best scenes. It has to be an honorable mention. I didn't get a tattoo of that scene for nothing. Like <laughs> I did not. Just had to put it out there. Um, my second one, very sad, but like once again, one of the most well-written in terms of like the quality of the writing um is the scene where prim dies it's obviously very tragic um but it is very like artistically written especially this moment where katniss is like literally on the ground burning and she's having this like vision almost of like the people she loves who have died trying to like pull her up and she's like sinking down and people she hates are like pulling her back down and keeping her alive it's incredibly well written like it's definitely worth a reread of just that scene if you don't remember because the language is like beautiful um my third one is um after the like all the stuff with the mutts in the sewer when Peta is like you have to leave me behind I'm dangerous I'm gonna kill someone and Katniss like grabs him and is like in her mind she's like this is gonna be it like I'm gonna have to kill him right here right now and Snow is going to win and then she's like no he won too much already today because a ton of people have just died and so then she's like it's a long shot it's suicide maybe anyway I could quote the entire thing from memory but she kisses him and then says stay with me and he says always once again I like ranted about this scene and the whole stay with me always thing I seriously don't have time to do it all again um, but like the meaning of those, like the, those responses, um, is something that has like, Peta said it first in Catching Fire and then Katniss didn't really hear him. But then in Mockingjay, she's having this like dream moment. She like realizes that's what he said. And he's like, oh my God, he was making like a commitment to, to always stay with me and be there for me. And so then in this moment, she repeats the stay with me back to him. And he says always again, which is basically like reaffirming that commitment to her, which is huge because this is post hijacking. So he's like, this is him realizing that he's still in love with her, that he has fallen back in love with her, which is one of the incredible things about Mockingjay is that he gets to fall in love with her again because he's lost all of that. Um, that was a abridged version of that. I can't remember what episode I talked about this in, but it's towards the end of Mockingjay. So do with that what you will. Um, and then my last normal mention is also kind of a collection of scenes and it is the training scenes. I talked about how mad I was that these didn't end up in the movie. It's truly like Joanna Mason's peak, um, which is why like, I think that her character was very, like was so much better in the books um just because of all these scenes are like what really established like her character 
these are all the scenes when they're like training and prepping to go fight in the capital because in the book they actually like train for it and like get assigned to go there they don't just like sneak there joanna doesn't end up going um because she basically has like a flashback to the way that she was tortured in the capital and and it like takes her out like she can't go to the capital um but the two of them like really pull it together like they are both so injured and so messed up like in every possible way but they really are like we want to go to the capital we want to be part of this fight and for Katniss specifically it's like I am going to kill Snow and that is like when Joe this is like the more specific part of this this scene is when Joanna like ends up back in the hospital and she's like you have to promise me that you are going to kill him. Like, swear it on something you care about. And Katniss is like, I swear on my life. And she's like, that's not good enough. And then she's like, swears on her family's lives. And Joanna is like trusting her to basically avenge her for everything that has happened to her, um, which is huge. And the two of them have always had a very complicated relationship. Um, But this is like their big moment that like, she makes this promise to Joanna. The point is training scenes, my beloveds. Um, I'm speed talking because I'm realizing that this episode might go on too long if I don't hurry up. All right, top three. Number three is a Katniss and Hamish scene. Aren't they all though? Um, and this is where they're in the Capitol. PETA has just showed up and Katniss is like, what is going on? Why is PETA here? And she's being very hostile towards him because that's what she does in the first part of like when he's back in the Capitol. And then she gets this call from Hamish where he's basically like, I need you. She's like, you. he's like, you're punishing him for things that he cannot control. And I need you to like flip this scenario in your head because if it was you who had been taken by the Capitol and hijacked, PETA would not be treating you like this. He would be fighting to get you back. And you may be the only one who can help him figure out what has happened to him and who he is. And it's like the turning point of their relationship. And Hamish is the one who has to call her out on it. And he's like, we made a deal to try and save him and that still stands and we still need to save him from what the capital did to his mind and then this is like paired with my other like scene that i love that i kind of lumped into one here which is the like your favorite color is green and then you always sleep with the windows open you always double knot your shoelaces where she's telling Pete all these things about him that are so minute and you would think she hadn't noticed them, but she did because it just proves how much she's in love with him and how much she notices all the little details of who he is and is helping him remember those things. And that what leads to that moment is Hamish telling her, like, we still have to try to save him. Like that, that is not, that is still our goal here. Number two is... Snow's execution, aka Coin's execution, where Katniss kills Coin, because this is a crazy moment, obviously, and it's a huge moment, and it's like the culmination of everything that has happened in this section of the book. Um, and it's just like really like she saw that the future under Coin would never be any better than it was under Snow. And she took the chance to do something about it, even though it meant potentially sacrificing herself, and she expected to be executed for it. Um, and she, then after she does so, which is also part of the scene that makes it my second favorite, um, she is goes to take the nightlock pill that's in her pocket, which are basically their like the the like suicide pills, you know, that you're supposed to take if you're captured. But she's gonna take it so that she can't be like tortured or executed for what she did to Coin. She just wants to die on her own terms. But when she goes to take it, she bites down on something, and it's Peta's hand, and he like rips the pocket off with the pill, and the pill 
first of all, the pill like falls and gets like crushed. And there's this line where she's like the last like remnants I had of Cinna because that like those were Cinna's creation, which is very sad. Um, but then she's like, let me go. And he says, I can't. Oh my gosh. That one gets me every single, every single time. And they took that dialogue out of the movie and I'll stay mad about it till the day I die. Um, because it's not just like a physical, like, let me go. But she's basically saying like, let, literally let me die. And he's like, I cannot do that because I need you here. Because he still is would do anything to keep her alive. And once again, this goes into the like, he fell in love with her all over again after what the Capitol did to him. Anyway, my number one, a surprise to no one is the symbolic hunger game. You knew the word symbolic hunger games were about to come out of my mouth. Like if you've been here for any period of time, you know. Um, always shocking that this is not my favorite scene in the entire series. It is a very, very, very close second to that scene with Katniss and Hamish barely beating out. There's also an incredible one with Katniss and Hamish where he, he like votes yes with her and he says, I'm with the Mockingjay. Go listen to the Hamish episode because boy, did I talk about that line for like 20 minutes. Singular line of dialogue. Half that episode is definitely about that. Um, but like just the fact that Coin even proposes this and she's like, this was my idea. And she's like proud of the fact that she came up with this and then seeing how everyone votes and the breakdown of votes makes so much sense. Like if you put this in front of me before I had read this scene and said, how will everyone vote? I could have told you. And like, it sticks so well with all of their various characters at this point in time. And also the way that like Katniss votes yes, knowing, like solidifying in her mind that she has to kill Coin, Because obviously she would not have voted yes otherwise. Like we know that about her, especially because she says it for Prim and she would never, she knows that Prim would never want this and she would never want this. And then like Hamish votes yes. And there's that line that where she like looks at Hamish and she's like, this is the moment where we find out how truly alike we are and how much he really understands me. Yeah. And then of course he does because he votes yes. Exactly. Exactly. Incredible. Okay. Moving on to ballad. I'm really going to speed run this one. <laughs> so sorry. I took way too long on the Hunger Games and now I'm like, oh, we got to wrap this up. Um, honorable mentions. Oh shoot. I have four. Okay. Well, the first one is just the epilogue. It's less of a scene and more of just like a part of the book because it's really, really well written and it makes me like physically uncomfortable in a good like it's supposed to because like it's Coriolanus Snow like you're not supposed to be like oh my god yay like you're supposed to be uncomfortable deeply and it also just made me be like what is wrong with you um and it's really really well written my third honorable mention is or my second wow imagine if I could count um is when and it's a scene that kind of happens and then we move past it and then there's sort of like a flashback almost to it where we like recount the events of it is where Snow shows up to meet with High Bottom after the Hunger Games and he's like, girl, you're becoming a peacekeeper. Um, obviously it's more artfully written than, than that. Um, I do think High Bottom is deeply, deeply interesting. One of the most interesting characters in this book. Um, and this is a really good scene for him where he has a lot of like really solid dialogue. Alternative High Bottom scene is when he has this interview with Lucky Flickerman and he's like, um, Lucky Flickerman is like one look at like our kids tells you that capital kids are superior to district kids and he's like one look tells you that our kids have been like 
better fed, better clothed, whatever, but like to assume anything else of physical or especially moral superiority is like foolish or something like that. His best line, one of the best lines in the book. Um, but the one where he like confronts Snow with what he's done and is like, yeah, I'm gonna give you a choice. You can either like literally get expelled and be a flop or you can go to become a peacekeeper. And obviously he chooses to become a peacekeeper. But it's this moment of like, mm, your actions have consequences and I don't feel bad for you at all because you're the worst and you deserve every horrible thing that happens to you. So um, my third one is a very small moment, but I just love it partially because I just love this character. But it's a moment where Snow wakes up in the hospital and Clemencia is basically like standing over him. And this is when she and this is when she has like the scales kind of starting to grow on her and like her eyes are yellow and her skin is like greenish and peeling and she looks awful and horrifying and she's so angry and she's like why hasn't anyone come to visit me and he's like everyone thinks that you have the flu girl like or he's like I, like no, she's like my parents haven't even come to visit me like where is everyone like I don't understand what's happening I'm, I'm literally dying like I'm literally turning into a snake and it's kind of your fault in a way oh my gosh it's just like terrifying um because she's like an 18 year old girl and you're like oh shoot and all she did was like not write an essay after her classmate died anyway stan clemencia we love her um and this scene is very cool and like the description of her appearance is creepy um and then my last honorable mention is when Snow goes to the Covey's concert, one of the Covey's concerts for the first time. And just like the whole like environment of that concert and like all the people there and the way that they like don't charge, but they're like, we also, we understand that like hungry people sometimes need music the most, but we also need to eat. So like whatever you can spare. And then we get introduced to like all the various members of the Covey and they're such a like, little family and I just love them so much. Um, my third favorite scene in this book is when Sejanus Plinth is in the arena. <laughs> it's always Sejanus Plinth. It's truly always going to be Sejanus Plinth for me. Um, he goes into the arena basically to um, to find Marcus's body. Um, there's like a whole thing there, but I can't explain all of it. Um, and they send Snow in after him. And this is like, I think my favorite Sejanus Plinth line is probably the one where he was like having more money doesn't give you that right blah, blah blah nothing does like nothing gives you the right to treat people like that that line um but I think the one that like hits me every single time and it's such a simple line but like it hits especially given what happens later is when they're in the arena and Coriolanus is like you're literally just gonna die in here like what and he's like let the world see me die in protest it's crazy <laughs> how like in your face the foreshadowing was and we all knew he was gonna die but it's like really really blatant um but it's such a good line anyway but yeah then Coriolan is basically like talks him into leaving and it's like really manipulative and just you feel so bad for Sejanus all the time um also just the way that my jaw literally like I wish that I could prove to you I'm not making this up like my jaw dropped I was sitting alone at my desk reading this book and my jaw dropped when they like, when Ma Plinth is like, oh, you don't need to like walk me home anymore because I know where my boy is. He's right there and like points at the screen and Sejanus is in the arena. 
that's crazy. I, I did not see that coming, seriously. Um, anyway, my number two, I'm sorry, it's Jace's death. I hate it so much. It makes me so sad, but it's so well written. Um, and it's so like shocking. Like he's getting arrested and then literally like a page and a half later, he's dead. It all happens really, really quickly. And you kind of, you like definitely knew he was going to die at the end of this book. Like I'm pretty sure we all saw it coming, but it's like so shocking. And, and like the way that his last words were him saying ma. And when he like catches Coriolanus's eye, just like, wow perfectly sad like literally so tragic in the most perfect narrative way finally my number one scene and this is truly just for how it is written and this goes back to the like unreliable narrator thing snow obviously is the the ending scene when he's in the forest like shooting at lucy gray and she's singing and the mocking jays are picking up her song and he gets bit by that snake and he's convinced he's hallucinating like he's been poisoned by the venom and he's like just shooting around wildly and he's like literally losing his mind and first of all it's such an abrupt like they're gonna run off together yay and like you know it's not gonna happen we all know where he ends up but it's still like okay they're gonna run off together but like he's gonna realize he doesn't want to something's gonna happen but then all of a sudden he's like walking out of the cabin with a gun and it's like lucy Carey, i just want to talk and it's like you're holding a weapon and it's just like crazy bonkers like this whole scene is so well written like i literally could see it in my mind i had such a clear vision of what this scene looked like um but also it's like very skewed because it's obviously like not we're not getting the clearest picture of what's happening yeah it's just so good and such like a crazy scene that i will never stop thinking about but yeah those are my favorite scenes um feel free to send me your favorite scenes for all the books one of the books doesn't matter i'm just curious to hear what people think um because i obviously have very strong opinions about this series but i do love to hear other people's too like seriously i'm not being sarcastic i love knowing what moments stick out to people thanks for joining me this week on tales of panem as a reminder, I am bi-weekly until November, so the next episode will be out in two weeks. It will be the first episode of the month, which means I am doing my monthly character study episode, and this one is going to be about Dr. Bolumnia Gall. If you have any specific questions or topics you'd like me to cover, you can DM them to me on any social media or send them to my email, which is talesofpanem at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave a review of the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it would be very appreciated. Thanks again for listening, and I'll be back in two weeks. Thank you.